0: Turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter two. If the coronavirus doesn't get us, the election might. Okay, uh, I w- I, that's not going to be the title of my message, but that would work just fine this morning. Um, This—it's uh, interesting. We—we uh, we have uh, we are in Kern County, so I guess I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but we have a lot of our people who uh, love to talk about politics, love to uh, involve themselves in the election, and uh, are very um, mindful of what's going on in our country, both at a national level as well as a local and a state level as well. And uh, it's hard sometimes not to get all wound up about that. Uh, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have a governor uh, who may, you may or may not agree with on very, a lot of issues, um, you, uh, some of you are getting ready to exit, uh, you, you, you know, the People's Republic of California. You're going to jump out of here and go some other place where it's a land flowing of milk and honey, uh, you think. Um, or, and uh, some of us are on the edge of our seats wondering where the country's going to go uh, based upon the election, uh, whether we elect... Uh, Bernie Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden or uh, Donald Trump again. I smile because I couldn't be three more different people. uh, And I think there are implications to uh, what happens uh, based on elections. Um, We have, uh, for those of you who, some of you are older than I am, you can trace uh, different presidents and you, you remember what it was like to be in the country under different presidents and how things changed based on Uh, Who was leading? This morning, uh, we are going to talk about uh, some some somewhat politics, but uh, specifically, how do Christians live differently? How do they live differently? Um, And so we're in uh, First Peter chapter two, and I want (coughs) to read for you this morning. our passage starting in verse 13. If you'd stand in honor of God's Word, I'd like to read to you. God's Word says this, verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to, emperor, to the emperor as supreme or to the governors as sent by him to punish uh, those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, uh, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Hey God, we ask your blessing on your word. Help us to embrace it, and uh, God, may you do that thing where you remove our thoughts, our wisdom, our man-made ideas, remove that and replace it with your very own. God, help us to be humble uh, servants of you, Uh, help us to trust in you, Uh, help us to rejoice in you, and be the people you've called us and saved us to be. God, we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So we look at God's Word this morning, um, we're getting into a section, if you can see it in your mind. We have talked about, uh, in previous verses, how it is that God has uh, chosen us and saved us, and part of His plan, and He's desiring to make us holy and different and transformed us. And now, He is going to take three, depending on how you cut it, three or four different areas of a Christian life, and teach us, how to think, teach us how to live. And I, I, I realize that uh, most of us feel pretty comfortable. We, we say, I'm, I'm a smart person. I can adapt to different situations. I know what I think and what I believe. And that may be a problem for you this morning. Uh, your confidence uh, may be like most of the Bozlers overconfidence and uh, misguided confidence that we think we know what we're talking about but we don't. We don't. God's uh, plan worked out in our lives, His salvation uh, that He brings, His, His redemption taking us where we are and bringing us to where He wants us to be may be so dramatic that you might want to uh, turn off your ideas this morning and just listen to God. And really, as we look at this, we're going to see... Uh, things in terms of what we do in our community or uh, with politics and with uh, people in leadership. And then we're going to talk about really the workforce or even the homeworking. And then we're going to talk about marriage relationships. Okay, those are where there's going. And it's different because of Jesus. Always think about that. I'm different because of Jesus. There's a warning for us this morning, and I want you to hear this carefully some of you might flip out early and uh, walk away and say oh that that pastor was saying all kinds of crazy things this morning and I might Um, the implications of our salvation make us different it makes us different and we should be careful and weary and wary uh, about the idea of taking advice from those who don't know jesus And when I say taking advice, I'm not just talking about how you you know how how you pray or uh, you know things of the scripture. I'm not just talking about those sort of things. I'm talking about investing, investing. And when I talk about investing, I'm talking about money, money. Uh, I think most of us have thought about uh, wise investments, wise investments, whether they be. Uh, stocks or real estate or gold or, you know, wh- whatever you think about investing. In and you think, hey, I need to think about how to do this the best. What happens uh, when, you know, how do you know that you've done investing well? How do you know if you've done investing well? Some of you go, that's a trick question. I know it is. Pastors do that all the time. You're not supposed to answer it. Like, if it seems too simple, don't answer He'll call you out in the service. I will, too. Um, It's real simple. Investing, most of the time people say, well, if you make more money, it was a good investment. Uh, Be careful. If that's the only rule that you have in your mind, that's the only characteristic that you have is, if I made a lot of money, I want to tell you that's ungodly investing. Uh, If it's just about you getting more money, that's selfish driven, right? Right? Is that wisdom from above or is that wisdom from below? I want to tell you, James tells us it's wisdom wisdom from below. If it's based on your own selfishness, it's wisdom from below. And so, to listen to someone that the only thing that they're trying to do is make more money, that's going to get you into a bad spot. And be careful, be guarded. It's not that you shouldn't listen, but be guarded, knowing that this might be wrong. How about marriage? How about marriage? Uh, reading books by unbelievers about marriage? What? You know, uh, where's that going to get you? I want to tell you uh, when they're not listening to the one who made them and they're giving advice on the most important relationship uh, that we have here on this earth, apart from uh, our relationship with God, and they don't know him, they walk in the darkness and they're giving advice. It's a dangerous thing, isn't it? How about parenting? How about parenting? Uh, I want to tell you. Uh, most parenting books are not talking about how to raise a godly man or a godly woman to impart the gospel, to share with them uh, the, the saving truth of Jesus. What are they trying to do? So, you know, how to parent uh, and so that your kid won't drive you crazy. You know, how to get your own way in your home. That's about how that goes. And so I want to encourage you, be careful to listen, uh, it's not that uh, they, you know, um, it's not that in books on parenting, investing, marriage, other things, it's not that they don't have anything to say. But um, I would say this: a blind pig comes up with an acorn every once in a while, right? Uh, it's not that they, it's not that there isn't truth in in those books. But I will say this. Uh, God's already figured that out if there's truth in that book. He's already figured it out way before them, okay? So uh, uh, I want to encourage you about those things. So this morning, uh, we're going to be looking at really our community, our uh, uh, leaders that, and the place that we live, the state that we live, the country that we live. In verse 13, I I've, I was really proud of myself because um, my outline this morning is three S's. Uh, subjection, silencing, and summary, Okay? Uh, and we'll get there this morning. Verse 13 says this, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Be subject. Uh, this word subject uh, is a military word. Is a military word. And uh, many of you have been in the military here. Many of you understand this word even before um, I try to explain it to you, right? You, you understand it's the idea of Finding yourself underneath, to rank under, to place yourself under. Now, uh, if uh, you've been in the military, just because someone outranks you does not mean they're of more value than you, right? It doesn't even mean that they're smarter. It doesn't mean really anything other than they have a title or position and this morning, when we look at this idea of being under, and it's an important principle of God's people, that we are under authority. We are under authority. Um, this may be, uh, to be honest, as I studied this, it was a challenge to my own soul because I don't like being under authority. How many of you are with me? You don't like being under, you like doing your own thing, right? You, you like thinking about what you want and then going and doing it. You even like to look at laws around you and go, is that a good law or a bad law? Is this a law that I'm going to, you know, obey or not obey based upon my own brain and what I think is best for me, right? We think that way. I think that way. I think, uh, you know, I'm just as smart as anybody else, right? I I can do my own thing. I'm an individual. I have certain unalienable rights, right? And yet we look to God's word for those who are redeemed, for those who have been transformed, changed, he says this be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. <coughs> it says, for the Lord's sake is why we're doing this. Why are you finding yourself under? Why are you submitting or subjecting yourself to authorities? For the Lord's sake, for Him. For the one who saved you is the one that you are now living for and obeying human authority because He told you to. For the Lord's sake. Um, how come you obey the speed limit? Another trick question, right? Most of you um, obey the speed limit because of fear. Because you you see, some of you are on both sides of this, by the way. You see that black and white, and you're like, oh no, they're going to pull me over. How many of you have been pulled over in Bear Valley Springs? Isn't that awesome? Like, I hate that. I I remember as a youth pastor, I was uh, leaving here, and on Sunday morning, and I pulled out, and I didn't get you know, 200 feet, and I, I was pulled over on Bear Valley Road right after church. You know, hey, isn't that our youth pastor? You know, uh, yeah, hi, <laughs> good to see you, elders. Um, uh, but um, mo- most of us, uh, we get fearful, we get fearful, and we're fearful of the shame, we're fearful of the ticket, you know, uh, some of you have put all this together and what that means to your insurance rates and how many points and how long that will take to get off, I believe it's like 8 to 10 years or something like that, They'll, you know, I did one little thing, you know, right, uh, that I got caught for, um, but um, we think in terms of that, that's not the same, that's not the same, uh, being fearful of the, the punishment is not the same. He says be subject or be submitted to or under not because of the punishment but because of the Lord for the Lord's sake the, the picture here being this for his reputation because we're obeying him we find ourselves under uh the human institutions that are spoken of here well <coughs> What is this, this human institution or every human institution? Um, The picture here is man-made authority, okay? Uh, We have laws and constitution and we have kind of a a hierarchy of authority here in this country as they did in in the biblical times, in times where Peter was writing this, they had a system of authority above them. And there were punishments, just as there are today. But he's calling on them to be subject to these authorities, these human institutions, for the Lord's sake. Because of what the Lord has done in you, uh, find yourselves under under authority. It's interesting as he, he brings us, and as you think about the context of this here, it's important for us to get it. Um, he, he's already used the term uh, strangers and aliens or sojourners, people who are just passing through, people who aren't citizens of this. He, he brings this idea of citizenship being in heaven and us being people who are just passing through this land, and that's what we are. It should give you great confidence in rejoicing. That as you look at the election, as you look at the economy and you look at viruses and you look at what's going on, to be able to say, that's fine. I'm okay. I don't necessarily like it, but I know that this world is not my home. This isn't my final destination. This isn't everything that I'm looking for. Because of what Jesus has done, I I have a citizenship of another place. I'm just passing through here. And so uh, it should give you great confidence. And, And yet, he tells strangers and aliens, people who are just passing through, that you are to be under authority. You are to find yourself under the authority. He goes on to share... (laughs) <laughs> a little bit more of of what we're talking about here. In verse 13, he says, every human institution, whether it be the emperor as supreme or the governors who are sent by him to punish those who are evil and to praise those who do good. I want you... This, this is uh, uh, an amazing passage because of what they must have thought. They must have thought. How many of you... Uh, uh, Love. Who's your favorite president? You can just belt it out here. Who's your favorite president? R- Reagan. Reagan country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live next door to him in Santa Barbara. No, I didn't. Uh, we always claimed that because he had a ranch up in the hills. It was pretty insignificant, at least from the road. I was one of those people who drove by it. Um, but Reagan. Uh, some would say uh, I, I've heard people say Kennedy was a great president. A little bit before my time. Some of you go all the way back to Abraham Lincoln. You know who you are. Um, uh, Others would say uh, George W. Bush. I know some people loved Clinton. Um, You look at this and you say, well, it depends who you are, right? If you went out on the streets of Bakersfield, sounds like a song, uh, and asked those questions, it depends who you ask, right? Uh, uh, It's interesting for us, depending on who we are, Right now, people would say worst president ever. Some people would say worst president ever, Donald Trump. Yo, I, I am in Kern County, uh, the reddest part here in Bear Valley Springs. Um, but um, uh, some people would say that, and and there's there's reasons to say that, but there's also reasons to say Obama. Uh, the mere fact that I said it like that, Obama, instead of Mr. Obama, or President Obama. It's interesting how people refer to uh, Mr. Mr. Trump. Like, it, it's interesting because there's, they, they don't really like to say President Trump, President Obama, President Clinton, President Carter. Um, you, you look at these things and you go, oh, wait, why are we saying it that way? We're trying to just make him one of us, right? He's just like us. Um, we struggle with these things, right? We do. And, and as uh, he, he goes from every human institution, he puts out the general principle, and then he says, Emperor as supreme. Some of you are already making this connection because you're really smart, and you know history. And who's he talking about, Emperor as supreme? He's talking about Nero. If you get the dates right... Nero was the emperor as supreme at this time. And some of you are going, Nero? Yeah, I read about him. Do do, do you remember anything about him? Uh, If you want to, go home today and you can just Google it. Who was Nero? What was he like? One of the famous things that he is known for is taking Christians, after blaming them for things that they had not done, he took Christians threw a big party and nailed them to the cross. And as the sun went down, he doused them and then lit them on fire for recreation and entertainment at his party. And as the Christians were burning on these crosses, agonizing, live people burning to death, he was walking around joking and laughing and being with his guests. Very wicked man. The other thing that he is known for, there's a lot. There's a lot of instances like this is perversion. Perversion that, you know, sometimes as a pastor, you go, maybe I I should tell that story. As I read about him, I'm going, I'm going to just say perversion and move on. Because it's that wicked. As these people, the, the readers were hearing this, they were saying this, be subject, find yourself under Nero. And I just want to tell you, I don't know who's going to win the election, but it's not going to be Nero. Uh, In fact, some some people would say he was the most wicked leader ever. Ever. I I want you to get this this morning, that this isn't about you agreeing with the emperor, the top one. The the emperor being the supreme of uh, their political structure at that time. And emperors, uh, it is interesting that emperors really demanded of their people worship. It wasn't just that they were uh, elected official; they des- desired worship. I think that's true of almost of every leader, by the way. Uh, to some degree, they find themselves in this narcissistic mode of like, I am the best. And he says "Of the emperor who's supreme, find yourself subject to them. As we look at this this morning, I will tell you, um, depending on who you are and where you stand and what aisle you're, uh, side of the aisle you're a part of, I know that you're going to be frustrated with a president that is either in office or is going to be in office in the future. And yet, the Word of God calls us to be subject to them. As the emperor as supreme, uh, the, the emperor in that time, like I said, was Nero. He was the, the top one. And in verse 14 it says, Or to governors as sent by him to punish those who uh, do evil and praise them for doing good. Uh, let, let's talk about that for a minute. Really, God's word sets out for us right there. The two important things that government is supposed to do, and God places them in authority to do so, is to punish evildoers and to praise those who are good, to to give benefits to those who are living right and for those who are not, to punish them. That's the basic principle of structure in a state, in a, a nation, in a government. He goes from the emperor to those who are lesser than the emperor, but still uh, govern or uh, go about uh, acting out the emperor's wishes. I, I find this interesting, too. You see the supreme ruler, the top ruler, <coughs> and then you see the lesser rulers as governor. Uh, it, as you look at this title of governor, you see in the scripture that Pilate uh, was given this, the one who crucified Christ. And then in the book of Acts, Felix and Festus, who uh, were ones who were holding uh, God's apostles and the ones who were beginning the church, they were holding them back and they were uh, you know, really bringing about verdicts to their life. We think about those who are lesser uh, than the president here in our country. And we, we see senators and congressmen, and we also see governors here in our own great state of California. And we get this attitude of saying, not my governor, not my president, not my whatever. And we see that we're to be in, under subjection to them. Why? Because God tells us to in obedience, but also for his namesake, for his namesake. Uh, I want to stop here and just say this. And we can. And we can. You know why? Because everything's taken care of for us. All the battles have been won already. Right? Because of Jesus, everything's going to be okay. Uh, If if Jesus hasn't saved you, if He hasn't died and risen from the dead, if that isn't true... uh, Scripture tells us we're most to be pitied, right? It's a problem for us. But He has, we're going to celebrate that in a few weeks, He has what He has done. And so we, we don't have to fight for our rights anymore. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen because of this person or that person. It's no longer survival of the fittest. We are surviving because Jesus has saved our soul and our soul is secure. In Him, and so we rejoice, and so we can really truly be subject. Why? Because we don't fear what's going to happen in this life in this body. So you have subjection, subjection to authority. Second point: silencing from submission. Okay, because we have submitted, because we have been in subjection, it brings silence. Uh, let, let's look at this verse. Um, 15 he says for this is the will of God that that by doing good you should put to silence the the ignorance of foolish people by living in subjection by living a good life the life of a believer you will put to silence the ignorance of foolish people the will of God for you, and this is important for us to get this morning. I know Brandon's teaching about the will of God, and I think he even has been touching on this over in his class right now. But the will of God, sometimes we think of the will of God as a particular job, uh, getting married, uh, living in a particular house, in a particular state, in a particular time, and we're always looking for the will of God. And the will of God for you is doing good, doing good in the eyes of God. When you think about uh, what's going on in your life, say, what does God want from me today? He wants me to do good in His eyes. He wants me to listen to Him today. It's not being successful. It's not making the most money. It's not winning or being the best. But it's in doing good. I mentioned earlier about investing and parenting. and uh, Be careful. Be careful. Uh, when you take advice about sports, your kids playing sports from an unbeliever, right? Be careful. Retrain them, right? You might have to go to practice and stand there and listen and go, and then pull your son or daughter aside afterwards and go, that thing he was talking about, uh, about like, like, you know, trying to talk the other team down or trying to distract them or trying to, trying to make them look foolish and trying to, like, be careful. That's not what God wants for us. When we live uh, this life of doing good in the eyes of God, I, I thought of the, the idea of crickets, right? When you, when you listen for the criticism and they're just crickets, right? Because there's nothing that can be said. The picture here is taking a vicious dog and muzzling that vicious dog. It's that picture that the, the dog is always barking. There's always something that can be said. But because of us doing good, the picture is this, that the dog is muzzled. The, the foolish people who are ready to criticize God's people, uh, it it, <clears throat> it is muzzled because of the life that the believer lives. As we move on in, in this passage, he says, he talks about us living as free people. In, in verse 16, it says, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. Why should we live as free people? Because we are. Because we are. Uh, we sang some songs this morning, rejoicing at the fact that our sins have been forgiven. That we've been set free. We've been set free. That that we have a confidence, not just of today, but for eternity. Not just for this life of of living a good time here and having all we need, but having all we need, God taking care of us here, and then going to be with Him in perfection for eternity. We are free. We are free. And so he says, says, live as free people would live. Live that way. But the warning here is this, not not to let that freedom, that freedom, even as the book of Romans talks about uh, for us, is the the idea of our freedom is not that we would continue in sin and because it doesn't matter, because it's all forgiven, he's not talking about living in freedom in sin, but rather to use our freedom. Freedom for what? Um, Because I, I am free, the war is over, and I have won. Because of Jesus, I now am free to serve God with all that I have. Your freedom, your riches that you've been blessed with in Jesus is meant to be used to serve Him. Which brings us to His summary of how to treat all people. Verse 17. Uh, And really, this this is a bullet point type thing. They didn't use bullet points. Uh, in the scripture, but this is really four, boom, 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 right? Uh, It's giving us a very direct, very succinct, how do we live as believers? How do we treat people? How do we look at people? How do we uh, talk to them and think through, what do we do with these relationships? Uh, They're really, if I can go down real quickly and just tell you the framework here. The first one is general, honor all. The second one is talking about his church. And the third one is talking about our relationship with God himself. And then lastly, once again, uh, the king or those who are in authority. Okay, let's, let's take them one by one. First one is this, verse 17, honor everyone. Honor everyone. Uh, this is a challenge for us. How many of you know some stupid people? Some of us are related to them, right? Yeah, you know some of us uh, some of us are them, you know uh, 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 sometimes we look and I think especially about uh, our community right here. we have the prison over there. some of you know about the prison you prison guards, you work over there um, it 's easy it 's easy when you connect what has gone on and the offenses that they 've done, the things the wickedness that you have seen, and you say. Uh, they're a piece of trash. Heard that, and worse, right? They're worth nothing. They're worthless people. Look at the Scriptures. Look at what it says. Honor everyone. Honor everyone. Look at that. What do you do with it? This is a command of God for believers, those who have been transformed. He calls us to honor everyone, which includes... Those from a different party, which includes people who are in prison for awful things, for amazing things, things that would give you nightmares at night. And, and all this goes back to this whole idea in the book of Genesis that talks about when God created us, we were made in the image and likeness of God, right? There's something special about humanity there's something special about the creation of man and woman. There's something special about every one of us because we bear, uh, we're image bearers of God, and so he he calls on us to honor all, to, res, to, to have this respect or dignity of his creation. This is not true of the animals. This is not true of the trees or the dirt. This is true of people. Which would include, once again, Bernie, Donald, the Kardashians, the Astros, Governor Newsom, and your in-laws, okay, and everybody else, everybody else. He says, honor all, honor all. Be careful the way we treat people. Be careful how we treat, treat the people in our community. Be careful how we treat people even on customer service when we're talking on the phone, even if they're not from this country, right? Honor all, honor all. That's the first general principle. It's, there's one and then he goes for three others. Um, the second one is love the brotherhood. The brotherhood uh, is uh, the word that Peter uses for the church. (laughs) It's not a word he uses often, but this idea of uh, the concept of brotherhood that that means this, that we are not just people that hang out together on a Sunday morning. We are brothers and sisters. We have a, a family relationship here. And because we have a family relationship, he calls on us to love one another to love one another by the way he didn't call on us to to in this general sense to all people even those who are haters of god this idea that they would experience the love that is found in his church that's different right he calls to honor but now he calls to love his people i'll I'll say it this way too that uh Love means that we are uh, sacrificing for one another, that we are caring for one another at the expense of ourselves, that we have a relationship uh, that's based upon what God has done for us in His Son, Jesus, God's people around you. I think there's a special relationship that we have with everyone in the whole world that knows Jesus. We have a special relationship. And when we we travel or when we meet them, there's this special bond that we have. I want to tell you, though, that the brotherhood that matters most and should matter most to you are the people that are right here. The people that you live in the same community with, you worship together with. It's not just about those who are like you or like the same things as you. It's not those in your age group it's those people that are connected in Jesus with you that you worship with, that you, you spend time with, that you're in the same community with. Sometimes we say, well, um, people that I like are attractive to me, those are the people that I love. I want to tell you that's not what it says there. It's not just people who are fun. In your mind, fun. It's not that. He says, love the brother." love the brother god's people it's god's people because of what god has done because god's called you to that thirdly he says this fear god fear god peter is saying because of uh, your relationship with him fear him fear god it's this idea of the habitual attitude of awe and reverence for him It's that as we live our lives, as we go about uh, being at church, being at home, being in our community, being at our work, being at our school, that we are fearing God. And this is opposed to fearing man, right? Uh, most of the time we have this fear of man. Well, what will they think? What will they, uh, how will they act towards me? Will I fit in? What, you know, they're watching me right now. I'm feeling self-conscious. I want to tell you, set all that aside, and in the midst of doing what you're supposed to be doing and filling your days with, fear God. This constant conversation with Him of, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to act? What do you think about what I'm doing right now? How can I fix the mess that I made? I want to honor you. I want to honor you. It's fearing God. And then lastly, he says this once again, honor the emperor. Because he's, have the has a place of king, because he has the place of supreme, you honor him. It's not that... Um, it, it's interesting because... He just said, fear God, and now he says, honor the king. And the picture here is this, that we're not treating a king, a president, an emperor, anybody like their God. Not not a single person, not, not anyone. We're not treating them as God. But because of their position, that God placed them in that position, that that's who they are, we find ourselves honoring them. It's not because... Uh, It's not because we see them as important, but because God has called us to that. He has put them in a place of position, and we honor that position, not necessarily the man who's there or the woman who's there. Well, as we conclude our time, I want to give you three things to reflect on as we think about this new life. And I want to encourage you uh, to... Think about your upbringing. Think about the way you think about things and all those things. And then say this, is the way I'm thinking, the way I'm living, is it part of the new life? We're going to be looking at that, like I said, for the next several weeks. Uh, What does it look like to live this new life? These three things as we reflect on this. The first one um, is this, my life is to honor Christ. My life is to honor Christ. I want to encourage you, uh, if you're doing something to honor yourself or you're doing something that would bring shame to the name of Christ, don't do it. Don't do it. Always ask the question, will will this be, be honoring to my Savior? Will this be honoring to my Savior? Secondly, <laughs> when you think of people... Uh, Think, think about this. In light of Christ, how should I treat them? In light of Christ, how should I treat them? How should I think about them? How should I refer to them? In light of Christ. As we think of people, uh, it's very easy to get in the, the mentality of, uh, I deem you worthy of my respect. I deem you worthy of honor. I deem you worthy of, of speaking well of you. And, and you decide one to another. This, this person's in, this person's out sorry your this side is out right? I pointed like this. this side is in uh we we find our our power I want to tell you don't don't in light of Christ, in light of what he has called you to, how should you treat people? What should you do with them and lastly in those last four things that I shared from verse seventeen uh, uh those four categories. To remember this. Remember, there's a distinct difference between God and His people and the sinful world and their rulers. There's a distinct difference. For God's people and God Himself, there's love and fear, right? There's love and fear. that, That that habitual awe and respect for God. There's love for his people that we're always. And then for everyone else there's a simple honor. There's a simple honor. There's a simple honor for the king. There's a simple honor for everyone, but there's a distinct difference because of Jesus, God and his people. And may we live that out. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the grace of being able to meet here this morning. God, I do ask that you would continue to protect your church. Help us Uh, to be protected from error, from uh, being swayed by this sinful world, but being drawn away uh, to other things, to worship other things. God, I do ask that you would protect us from fear. God, God, you know how we're susceptible to it. We are afraid and fearful and anxious about so many things. Uh, God, help us to walk with you confidently um, because of Jesus, because we're free men. Do your work in us now. Help us to be your people and to honor you this week. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.